Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, the Stanley Cup finals are upon us, dude. How you feeling? Not good. Why, dude? Dude, do we have to go through this again? We do. Tell the <laughs> listeners how you feel. I feel terrible because, again, I am going to lose the Vegas Cup because you have the both teams in the, in the final. The, the what? The Vegas Cup. It's the right, Vegas Cup up there? It's right up there. Yeah. I want to say that I've been holding this in and I haven't said anything to you. <laughs> I don't know why. Nothing. I've said nothing to you since the Penguins won. Uh, oh, so you're saving it double up. double OT, I, I've been a gentleman. I've been a gentleman. And that's about to change. And now... <laughs> and that's about to it's change. It's going to get down and dirty, dude. Yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. No, you're not. I am sorry. I feel I feel bad. I'm still going to take the free trip, but I feel bad. <laughs> you know? Uh, one of these days, dude, the sun will shine upon you. I really thought it was going to be this year. Me too. When you literally had all the best teams except for Pittsburgh. But somehow they all found a way to blow it. Right. And... Uh, it looked like for a moment that Ottawa was going to pull off an incredible story and that maybe the lowest rated Stanley Cup final in history would have happened. Yeah. Although there would have been a Canadian team in there, which would have that would have helped made a big difference. But oh my God, can you imagine the Ottawa Nashville Stanley Cup final? Yeah. It's like the 80th and the 85th biggest market or what? I, Good I, Lord. I don't know what. That wow. Is, but. Pretty horrible. But uh, we've got the Preds and Pittsburgh. I guess we can talk about that maybe at the end. Sure. We've got our uh, San Jose Sharks season recap here where we went over the defensemen. We went over the goalies last podcast. Today we're going to go over the forwards Mm -hmm. and maybe throw out a few crazy trades. That's right. Which we've been working on, dude. But first, let's talk about the Barracuda. The Barracuda have bowed out in five games. Yep. To the Grand Rapids Griffins. Which is the Red Wings affiliate. Didn't put up much of a fight not, in that series. Not. And uh, they're out. But a solid run by the Barracuda to yeah. make it that far. A good run. I, I went to game one. It was it was, it was was a pretty good atmosphere there. And they lost that game. So it was... They, I think they only won game two. It's it's too bad. I think the, the Griffin... The Griffins are... They're a good team. They're a re- they were a really good team. And... Yeah. and you know, it's it's good to watch the Barracuda, and they definitely have some good talent. But I think they, you know, they were not <laughs> they were the worst team in that series. And and I, I, the only thing I wish is that we could have seen some of those games on TV because it's hard to go to all the games in person. It's yeah, just, I don't really understand why there's no coverage of that from the NHL Network because what what are they during? off days of the playoffs they got right. nothing going on i was you know i had a hockey game of my own last night and we went to stanley's you know above the rink and on the nhl network they had the memorial cup yeah they had the windsor spitfires versus the erie otters and you know it's a, it's that's kind of a goofy system because that's a one game championship game it's not a series uh and windsor won but everybody was asking at the table everyone's like why wouldn't they put a Barracuda game on or, you know, the AHL playoffs on the call the cup finals. Why wouldn't they put right. that on the NHL right. network? I don't know. It's not like you have to have some, you know, crazy high end production value. Just throw a couple cameras in the arena and show it. Yeah. I don't know. 
It's weird. It is weird, dude. It is weird. And and uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. But yeah, I th- you know, they got a lot of good young players, the Barracuda, right? So it's not like, you know, some some AHL teams they're they're uh they got a significant number of veterans that have been in the AHL for a lot of years. And and the Barracuda may have one or two of those, but they were one of the youngest teams in the AHL last year or, you know, this this previous season and the only guy who was sort of a guy that you have heard of who's been knocked around the NHL a while was Zach Stortini, and he doesn't play much, and he was a right. healthy scratch, at least right. one of the games of right. the Western Conference Final. So, yeah, There's some players on that team who you expect will have an opportunity to be part of the San Jose Sharks roster next season. And uh, it'll be interesting to see with some of those players, namely Ryan Carpenter, who's an unrestricted free agent, I believe, you know whether or not he sees himself as a regular contributor on the San Jose Sharks, or if he played well enough to get a one-way deal from somebody else. Because I think if the Sharks are going to keep him, they're going to have to give him sort of that Dylan DeMello deal, which was, you know, you can send him down, but he's still going to make his money. Right. Right? Yeah. So um, I think they'd have to do that in order yeah. to keep Ryan Carpenter at this point. And, and based on the sample size that we saw from Carpenter in 11 games, dude, we got four points. Um, certainly got raves from some of our, our brethren websites. I know Fear the Finn is a big fans of Ryan Carpenter. Yeah. Or some of their writers are. So, I don't know. You think Ryan Carpenter is going to be part of the San Jose Sharks next year? It's a little surprising because, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily bet a lot of money on it, especially if the Sharks, as we might talk about in a minute who they might resign and, and other guys who are sort of ahead of them in the death chart at the moment. And, you know, a lot of those guys played on the Barracuda as well during the playoff run. So I don't know, Brian Carpenter, definitely a leader of the Barracuda. You know, that's, that's in contrast to some of the younger guys that have played up and down on the sharks this year. Right. So maybe that's something, uh, you know, management might be looking for. I, you know, I, he was the guy when I went to game five in the first round, he was the guy that scored the shorthanded goal in overtime, right. which was, you know, very exciting. That was a very exciting moment. So, uh, it was, it was neat, uh, to see a shorty in overtime, which you almost never see. So, um, I, you know, like I say sort of every year, which is bring the guys into camp and let them fight it out. Right. Right. We shall see how many of those spots are actually available when the season starts. Cause as we start to get into talking about the, the forwards, dude, you know, there's some guys out of contract. There's some guys that need to, or were just re-signed. Yep. Uh, and there are some young players, you know, that have had opportunities and how many opportunities will exist. And it kind of goes back to our, our overriding question from last week, which is what is the philosophy going into next year? I feel like I've settled in on what I believe the philosophy is. Right. Where are you sitting right now in terms of where you think Doug Wilson is going to go in the next several weeks? Because we're going to see a lot of this really pick up. It'll be pretty evident, I think, as soon as the Stanley Cup finals are over Mm -hmm. and the expansion draft process begins. I begrudgingly agree with you. I think I agree with you and I agree with also, you know, people who have posted in the comments section. You know, we definitely read the comments on the blog, you know, for the previous podcasts and people who have sent us emails, which is, Doug Wilson does not rebuild. He reloads and he might make some changes, but the chances that he resigns one or more of Jumbo and Patty and tries to get some other players and make another run at it, I think are very good. 
right? This is one, you know, a team, as you said, you know, if you wanted to take, you took the devil's advocate position last time and you said, this is a team that was in first place in the Pacific Division in March 1st and they were nine points up, you know, and sure, it didn't end the way anybody wanted, but things break a little differently. Guys don't get hurt when they get hurt. Um, you know, Joe doesn't hurt his knee. All of a sudden, the Sharks are rolling into the playoffs as a number one seed. Like, it could be a completely different story. Right. Um, and if that, if Doug Wilson, who tends to have the rose-colored glasses on at least a little bit more than maybe some of us would feel comfortable with, if that's the way he's thinking, yeah, this is team's a couple bad breaks away from being back in the thick of it. I could, I think that's the most likely way forward. Doesn't necessarily mean I agree with it, but I think that's the most likely way forward. Yes, I, I have settled into that is the philosophy here. Does that mean the Sharks won't make a few hockey trades in the process in that reload right. philosophy and maybe bring in a few different faces to uh, remain competitive but also um, change the look of the team a little bit? I do think that that is likely. Um, and we're going to speculate on what some of those moves might be, dude. Shall yeah. we start with... Uh, some forward evaluation here? Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, certainly if we look at the top six right now, at least in terms of points, we are looking at Joe Pavelski, Logan Couture, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Joel Ward, and surprisingly, Mikhail Bodker as the top six <laughs> forward. <laughs> Mikhail Bodker with 26 points, 10 goals and 16 assists. So um, certainly Brent Burns obviously had uh, the most points on the team and tied for the most goals and had the most assists, which is something that doesn't happen very often. But uh, the top six is a, a pretty uh, standard group. And, you know, certainly I think we've talked probably enough about Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe being unrestricted free agents. And certainly I think it's more likely that Thornton will be back than Marlowe, but it's very possible that both will be. Yeah, possible. I, I Dude, do if you had to put the, a percentage on both of them coming back, what would you say? Thirty percent. Wow. Okay. So you think it's unlikely that they'll both be back? I do. I think that. I think that the Sharks are going to look to get younger at that wing position and try and replace Marlowe's twenty-seven goals with a player like T.J. Oshie, who you know I think we talked a little bit about last week. I think that's you know if you're going to give somebody six million dollars, you know, and I don't know what Marlowe's going to be looking for, right? But. I, if if that's what you're going to have to do, if you're going to have to overpay, then uh, I'd rather see them give it to Oshi, who is seven years younger, right? Than uh, than give a three year deal to Patrick Marlowe. Um, I'm not interested in that. I think someone might do that, you know, uh, especially a team that's maybe closer to to winning than the Sharks. But I don't know. Uh, I think Marlowe's kind of been looking out the corner of his eye for a way to get out of here right. for the last 18 months. Right. So right. this might be his chance to, to try something else and maybe feel a little less of the pressure squarely upon him where when the team fails, he always continues to be at the center of the discussion of why. Well, I hope he's not going to leave because he wants less pressure because there's not going to be too many hockey markets that are going to have less pressure. <laughs> well, but he, he is... The longest tenured shark. That's right. He is, you know, half of the f face of, you know, the franchise. He is on the Mount Rushmore of San Jose Sharks. No doubt. And, 
you know, if he went to another hockey market, he would just be Patrick Marlowe, the hockey player. So I think there would be less pressure. Maybe, you know, uh, more media scrutiny. Yeah. Right. But but right, I mean, yeah. If you go to Montreal, <laughs> yeah. it's different. It's a different kind of pressure. People going through your garbage, right? Yeah. But I think here, you know, he is. There's so much drama that's been around his tenure here. Yeah. Especially the last half of it, that he might just be looking to escape it. But we'll see. Um, I think it's more likely that we see Thornton stay than Marlowe. I think so too. And and you know, certainly Thornton with the knee injury, that's not. I you know you hope that he's going to get not a lot of money, but it certainly looks like I think I heard someone say five million or more. That doesn't make me thrilled about it, but I think that's something the Sharks can likely afford. So outside the top six, dude, we're looking at sort of a big uh, diaspora of guys that are not that are, we we don't really know where they are. To be honest, you know, Chris Tierney, Melker Carlson, Tomas Hurdle, Kevin LeBanc, Don Scoy. And then we have Haley, Wingles obviously is gone, but then we have Hansen, Meyer, Carpenter, Sorensen, uh, O'Regan, Goodrow. Right. What, what what are we looking at here? Well, let's talk about Chris Tierney first. Here. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Chris Tierney. He's 22. Like, I think that there's a lot of folks who seem to be ready to throw him over board. Over the side, yeah. And absolutely not. He's a 22-year-old center who at times, has shown that he has a bright future in this league. Very often, we saw him out there at the end of games. That's right. Like we saw that happen for two years now. Now, Pete DeBoer likes him. Yes. So I don't think he's going anywhere, and I think his role is going to continue to expand. Right. And I think, you know, you look at he's 22, he's been playing third and fourth line role, and he scored 11 goals. Like, that's, you know, if you're getting 11 goals out of your fourth line center, like, that's pretty good. Yeah. And you know what? We, we've we seen some good creativity from him. I wouldn't mind seeing his ass on the power play. Right. Like, let's see what happens. Right. Like, why not? Because we've seen what it is now. It's garbage. Right. And th- the reports are now that, you know, the coach, the coaching staff for the Sharks is completely safe. Right. There's going to be no changes unless Bugner gets hired to coach Florida or Colorado. Right. So, and that's not who we're looking to replace anyways. Right. right. Steve Spot is safe. Right. So, Let's we got to see some change in that personnel on the power play, and I vote for Chris Tierney. Why not on the second unit or something? He's a creative player. Um, he's feisty. I like him. I I do I do not want to see. He is not the person that I would be looking to shift yeah. out. Yeah, jettison. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think maybe those of us who were really high on Chris Tierney two years ago when he came in and seemed so capable, I think maybe we were hoping that he might. Uh, grow into a more of a scoring role that does not appear to be where he is, but you know how hard it is to find. I mean, we were looking for a good defensive third line center for years, and we have one already in Chris Tierney at 22. Maybe he's not going to score 25 goals, but if he's going to score 15 goals and be a good stalwart, defensively responsible third line center, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. We wanted that for a long time. Sure. We were looking for that. He's never been in, you know, throughout junior, you know, a electric scorer. I mean, he had, you know, fifty-seven points for the London Knights. You know, he had, um, you know, actually, I'm, I don't take that back. His last year in junior, he had eighty-nine points. I mean, an outstanding year. So, as what at what age? What how old was he in that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he must have been nineteen. 
Yeah. Because if you look, let's look at his season last two years, three years ago. He was split time between Worcester and San Jose. And in 71 games, he had 50 points. Yeah. That's okay. Awesome. That's really good. That's good. I mean, like he had, he was a point per game player when he was in Worcester. Let's give the kid a chance. I mean, like, good oh, Lord. No, like, I'm, not like, say, I'm not saying I know, you but I know, but I've, but I've, no, of course not. But I, I've certainly read in other places that we've seen enough of Chris Tierney. Really? Yeah. I mean, come on. How many other 20? Yeah. There's which, not, which other 22 play, 22 year old players around the league would you be willing to jettison? Like, there aren't too many, right? I mean, especially oh. a guy that's had this kind of track record. No. I mean, he's not the issue. Now, Melker Carlson and Jonas Donskoy were just re-signed, right? Yes, that's true. So we know that they're back. We know that they're, you know, Donskoy was playing with injuries. Carlson is Carlson. You know, he's a exactly as advertised, an 11-goal mm-hmm. type guy. I mean, he really thrived on that top line three years ago. Right. Right? Um, doesn't seem to be in that kind of role anymore. I don't mind those two guys as bottom six players. I think Don Scoy will be better than he was this year. He's playing through some injuries all year. Right. And he's still 24. So that's not, he's not, he's right. sort of about to enter the prime of his career. Right. So he could still, we could still see another jump up. We've seen Doug Wilson and we've seen it, in, you know, in the last week actually, where he signed two more European guys, you know, their philosophy seems to be, we have as much luck or better luck hitting on these European guys right. than trying to develop a late round draft pick or even well, in the Sharks case, a second round draft pick where it seems like they really screwed up. Yeah, first round. You know, <laughs> that, you know, okay, well, we're going to bring in these role players from overseas. These guys who are experienced, they've been playing with adults right. um, on the European level. And it's it's worked so far. I mean, they're not, star players but right. they're useful role players That's that are right. actually blocking some of these you know sharks prospects who were drafted like a Goudreau, like an O'Regan, like a like a carpenter you know these guys uh and even guys like Sorensen and timo meyer right and and, and Sorensen, you know is is in the same category where you know it's Sorensen, carlson donskoy like these guys they all seem very interchangeable um well Sorensen hasn't produced points on the NHL level yet. Um, you know, he's going to be in the mix, I think, uh, next year. Timo Meyer, uh, I still have high hopes for him. Yeah, he's 20. Too. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind, honestly, I wouldn't mind if we didn't see him at all next year. Like, yeah. We've seen this pay like, off. Let him kick butt. We've seen it pay off in Pittsburgh. Look at how these guys come up after 100 games. Yeah. And they have confidence. And uh, they're they're able to translate it better to the NHL level instead of seeing him and LeBanc just flop around back and forth, back and forth. Like, let them develop some chemistry and confidence on the NHL level. Well, then the question is, if you want to let those guys develop confidence, then who are we going to play? Well, you play Sorensen, you play Donskoy, you play Carlson, you play the guys who are more ready and equipped for those bottom six roles because, you know, LeBanc is a scorer. Like that guy, you want him scoring in the fifties. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's a sniper. He shouldn't be playing 10 minutes. Yeah. Like that's a waste of time. And I think same with Timo Meyer, like Timo Meyer, you know, what's, what's the end game with Timo Meyer? Is he going to be a, he's 20. 
He's twenty, we but got a I mean, long like, time to right? But that don't out. don't you want Timo Meyer to be like a scoring power forward? Of course you do. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of where we are with him. You, you know, want that's him to what be we're Todd Bertuzzi without the indiscriminate violence. <laughs> right. I mean, this this guy is a you know he's not going to be. He was never an eighty ninety point player, but. You know, he, he had a very successful career in the queue. Actually, I see he's not an 80, 90 point player. Uh, he was. I mean, like he was an 87 point player in the queue. Okay. So uh, with, you know, 50 penalty minutes. Right. Like, right. That's about what you want, right? Yep. And he showed some of that. Like, I, I enjoyed watching him sort of just grin at people after they would hit him. Like, yeah, yeah. He was like, I like it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that happened in the Barracuda, too. I yeah. saw that in the playoffs. Good. The well, that, that, that kind of stuff I like. I think that's been missing totally. from the Sharks lineup. Yep, yep. But I don't know. I don't know if, if, if he needs to be part of what's happening next year, right? That's the question. I mean... It, does he need to be part of what's happening next year? If he could be, that's awesome. And I think we saw that maybe that might have been the case this year. And LeBanc certainly showed more flash of us of it than Meyer. Yeah. But it, to me, the biggest forward question for the San Jose Sharks right now is Tomas Hurdle. Right. Here's a guy with however many knee injuries he's had. Um, he's still young. He's still 23 years old. Right. But obviously, you know what? You, played under 50 games. He had 22 points. That's still not bad point production for that number of games. Um, well, the question... But the question is, is this guy going to be able to stay healthy enough right. to create an NHL career? There's two questions. That's the first and the most important. The second is, is he a center or is he a winger? Like, what are we doing? Like, where's he going to play? Right. Is he a center or a winger? Let's make up our mind, please. Because finally, we settled up on Brent Burns and he... It's going to win the Norris. Right. 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 So can we please play this young man in one spot? Uh, you know, slight digression. After Ottawa's run, I don't know when the voting happened. I think the voting happened. Okay. Because I was going to say after Ottawa's run, I could see Carlson coming in and winning sure. it now. But I think that the point is that it's not supposed to be about the playoffs. Of course, it's not supposed to be. Right. Well, <laughs> I think that's why the voting already happened. That's how they know who the nominees are. Yeah. It's yeah. the top three vote getters, I think. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Okay. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, man. Um, let's see. Okay, let me ask you this. Is Michael Haley coming back, dude? He's unrestricted. Right. I don't see why he's a guy that needs to be retained. He's coming back. I don't see why he needs to be retained. He is coming back. You want, you want <laughs> a bit of beer on it? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Shake on it. This never ends well for you. <laughs> no, it does not. But at least it's only a beer. And not he's a coming back. I think he's definitely coming back. I think you know. There have been so many guys like 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 Brad Winchester and Mike Brown that he, have not come back. Why would he come back? I think Pete Tabor has a love affair with Michael Bailey. Like I mean, <laughs> uh, I I think he likes him. I think he likes playing. I sort of I sit astride uh, the. Kevin Kurz and the stat nerds argument. I'm not all the way in Kevin Kurz's art, like camp that says like Michael Haley provides a lot of value outside the stats crowd. And I'm not totally in the stats crowds camp that says Michael Haley's advanced stats are horrible. Therefore he's terrible and should not be playing. I'm somewhere in the middle there. I think he does provide something, but I'm not quite sure he provides 
value that is indispensable or irreplaceable. I think you could go find eight guys in the <laughs> offseason yeah. that do essentially what Michael Haley well, does. Well, I'm not saying he should get a million dollars, dude. I mean, I this guy, you know, is is uh making six hundred thousand right. dollars. Like, I mean I'm not yeah. even saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying like there are those guys are available sure. on the market. Right. But why not just keep the guy that you already have? I mean, you're, you because need... Because you could find a guy maybe that's younger and has slightly okay. other talents that would fit. Sure. That's well, all. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen. But, <laughs> right. but, but I think I would like to see the Sharks get tougher. like yeah. And not like goonier. Right. But, you know, it really made me angry how, you know, when... Couture got charged in the face. Right. Like nothing by, happened. By, you know, bald Cassian. Right. Nothing happened because you can't play Michael Haley in that kind of scenario and nothing happened. And, you know, it, there, if Ryan Klo had been playing, yeah. some stuff would have happened. That's true. Right? That's true. Like the Sharks don't have that guy. If Tommy Wingles had still been on the team, something would have happened. Yep. Like, if someone had been on the ice with the guy who had a broken mouth, something would have happened if they could have responded and they didn't have anybody out there to do that. And I, I think that the sharks are close to going back to a place where we don't want to get back to, which is the team that can was get, a little yeah, can get, heartless, can get know? pushed around. A yeah. Little. They made great strides to get away from that. Yeah. Dude, I think we've, uh, covered the majority of the players. I mean, uh, you know, Yannick Hansen is a guy who's kind of buried down your roster there, but he's clearly a part of what's happening here unless he gets taken in the expansion draft. But, um, you know, he'll be on this team and kind of forget that we have Yannick Hansen. That's true. Who didn't have a great statistical impact on the team, although he had seven points in 15 regular season games. So, I mean, if you... See if you multiply that by it's like every you know it's like if it's a forty yeah, it's point a, season it's a 30, 40 point season which is about what you expect from Yannick Hansen sure so sure. um a full year of Yannick Hansen is good that's good news no doubt like the the Sharks will benefit from that right so here but here's the problem dude and you know this will go sort of into the next discussion which is uh you know we'll talk about some crazy trades. And I know, you know, Kevin Kurz has been writing some stuff about that, and, and we're going to sort of take take that and run with it. This is a pretty old forward core. Like, all those guys that I mentioned, the top six, all those guys are over 30, except for Logan Couture. And Bodker. And Bodker, you know. But, you know, certainly, you know, Pavelski, Thornton, Marlowe, Ward... Right. All over 30. Yeah. And then we have this group of guys in sort of the next tier that we were talking about as sort of all these third and fourth line players, Hanson's 30, everybody else is, is under 30, you know, Don Skoy and Carlson and hurdle and LeBanc and Meyer, all these guys, but we don't know where any of those guys are. None of those guys appear to be slam dunk top six forwards. All the slam dunk top six forwards we got right now are over 30. Right. So except for Logan Couture. So what do we do? Get some yet a big soul. (laughs) 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 <laughs> rub, I, I tell you what, some Geritol. I tell you what we do. I'm going off the rails on a crazy trade. 
dude. Crazy trade. So we're gonna get. We got to get rid of somebody, right? <laughs> Probably not, but but we might. Yeah. And, you know, certainly uh, it's possible. And Kevin Kerr says maybe this is the time for the Sharks to make a hockey trade and to trade somebody like Logan Couture or another player that we have in mind that we'll reveal in a little while to get what the Sharks need. And at least last year, what the Sharks needed was scoring. Right, dude. Uh, that is correct. So um, we were each charged with coming up with a crazy trade. Yeah. Involving, you know, the, and, you know the, the irony here, dude, is that the player that we're proposing to trade is the youngest of the... <laughs> which doesn't really work doesn't uh, make sense doesn't make any sense but 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 it's really the only thing you can do you can't trade joel ward for any value right you're not trading joe pavelski no one wants mikhail bodker um so if you're doing a refresh logan couture is the person that is the most valuable and could get you the most in return. Well, Joe Pavelski is the most valuable. So we should talk, just as a quick aside, I do not think the Sharks can trade Joe Pavelski and maintain any credibility. That's the problem, right? The, you can't bring back Joe Thornton and not Joe Pavelski. There's, there is a 0% chance of that happening. Right. It's not happening. And maybe in a, in a perfect world, that might happen in order to get the best value out of Joe Pavelski. But the fact is, is that He's like sort of he well not only is he the captain of the team but he's just he has all of those characteristics that the fans love that the team loves that I mean he's really sort of the identity of the Sharks right now you cannot trade that away yeah unless you traded him for something amazing. for something amazing right you couldn't trade him for like a good player a pick and a prospect yeah that would be Pavelski for Jonathan Taze. Right, right. Like, that's what we're talking about, right? Right, right. Of course, like, never happen, but yes. Never will happen. Like, I mean, they're the same to each other's teams. You'll never that's trade right. the heartbeat of each other's teams. That's right. They'll never do it. So that's, that is why that won't happen. Logan Couture did not have a great year, and uh, he gets a million points for playing in the playoffs with a broken face yep right he still had more points than jumbo sure but he had a 52 point year which i think based on how great he was in the stanley cup playoffs two years ago Mm -hmm. the sharks cup run which i think he had 30 points in 24 games right he was incredible yeah i expected him to go to a different level this year and it didn't happen. like based on that when you watch that you go at at the highest level where you've got them playing the most meaningful games. He was the best player on the Sharks. 30 points in 24 games. I expected him to have a 70-point, yep. 75-point year this year, and he fell short of that. And I think where Couture struggles is he is not good in the face-off dot yeah, awful. at all. And you don't really want him killing penalties. And so I wonder, I question... But he does tend to face the tougher opposition in even strength. But is he good at that? I don't know. He's not bad. He's a plus. He's a plus player. Sure. Let me scroll down to advanced stats so we can just get that out of the way. Yeah, I mean, he's... Let's see. Uh, Corsi, looking at that real quick. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not. He's he's below fifty percent. Right. So that's not what you want with facing tough opposition. Sure. So he's not. He's not Patrice Bergeron. Okay, I'll give you that. No, well, I mean, right, and and that's that's incredibly difficult to find. (laughs) There's only one of them. Right. So the crazy trade that I've come up with involves a player that has been described as this. He wins faceoffs. Okay. He's hard to play against. Yep. He kills playoff p- playoffs. He kills the playoffs. He kills the playoffs. He kills penalties. Yep. He's not one of those guys that I judge just on goals because he does so many other good things. That quote came from Sharks coach Pete DeBoer. Yeah. Okay. About his former player, Adam Henrique. Right. So my crazy trade is Logan Couture to the Devils for Adam Henrique, who was nails for Pete DeBoer on their Stanley Cup run. Mm-hmm. He is a better face-off. He's tougher to play against. He can play on the PK. But I do not think this is an even swap. Right. I think the Devils would have to give the Sharks back their own third-round pick, which the Devils just so happen to possess. Right. The Devils have three third-round picks this year. Okay. So I'm proposing Henrique and a third for Logan Couture. Now, does this solve the Sharks' goal-scoring problems? No. no it makes it, it worse. Yeah, probably. Right? Does, yeah. But I think it saves them $2 million. Couture's making six. Henrique is making four. Mm-hmm. And I, I am convinced that the Sharks are going to sign TJ Oshie. Like, I just think that... That just makes that's, sense. That makes sense. I think they're going to try. And so if the Sharks now have two more million dollars to go towards TJ Oshie. So if you can have Logan Couture or you can have Henrique, Oshie, and a third, we know what the choice is. Mm-hmm. That's, so That's a good crazy that's trade. That's my crazy trade, dude. Um, it's kind of a two-parter. Right. But I think... It, Getting it, Oshie is a, is a big if. It's a, it's, it's a big if. And, you know... I, and. I think it's a a situation where could the Sharks get Oshie with Couture? Sure. Maybe they won't do anything. Right. You you could you you'd have to convince me that this is even a good trade. I'm not saying we should do it. I'm just saying this is an example of something that could happen. Right, right. Whereas you're getting a player back that DeBoer likes. DeBoer said this this year, by the way, about oh, really? Adam Henrique. Yeah. He said it this year after they played the Devils. Okay. So um you know, he clearly still likes the player. Right, right. I, you know, my my crazy trade is a lot more pedestrian. It's going to be a lot more predictable, and it involves a team that a lot of people uh, have identified as a team that desperately needs to make a move. A very young team that was in the cellar of the NHL. That team, of course, is the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. And a lot of people have been talking about how the Colorado Avalanche are interested in keeping Nathan McKinnon, who was, what, a number two overall pick? Mm. But the big name that's been bandied about is Matt Duchesne as a young, well, uh, still a young player, a very uh, uh, dynamic scoring player. However, my crazy trade is not for Matt Duchesne, and it's not for Nathan McKinnon, whom I think as a 21-year-old top scorer for the Colorado Avalanche, probably they would not be interested in trading. I am more interested, actually, 
and Gabriel Landeskog. I think Gabriel Landeskog is a better fit for the Sharks. Did not have a great year for the Colorado Avalanche. But then again, nobody did because <laughs> they were balls. Right. I mean, they were right. just balls. This is a, is a 24-year-old left wing, right? He is not a center, which, is a, which you know, could change things, right? He, doesn't, he took a, a few face-offs here and there, but not a lot. Um, he only scored 18 goals this year. Was definitely a minus player, but he was the best Corsi player on the team, which is, uh, you know, still good. Still a positive Corsi, a 52.8 Corsi on a very, very bad team. Right. Gabriel Landeskog is a tough player in the same vein as what you were talking about with Adam Enrique. He had 62 penalty minutes last year. This is a... a He's a little a, bit of a cheap shotter, which I kind of like. <laughs> it may not be necessarily that bad to have a guy like that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy that, that plays tough and plays hard and has been eclipsed by two other young players. And it might be a guy that the Sharks could get, if, especially if the Colorado Avalanche are so concerned about holding on to McKinnon. Maybe Landis Cog could be had for Logan Couture. And I would even go so far as to say I would be willing to offer Logan Couture plus. What the plus is, I'm not really sure. I'm sort of thinking maybe a mid-round pick or something like that. Not a first three-round pick, and probably not a, a good prospect. If there's a guy on the Barracuda that we haven't mentioned yet on this show that they want, I might be willing to give that person up. Um, or, you know, a fourth, fifth, or sixth-round type of draft pick in order to get a 24-year-old guy who is good defensively and can score. Gabriel Landeskog. Let's let's uh, take some more assets off the Colorado Avalanche, right? Hey, I love this idea. I love it. And I don't know... If the Avalanche, what their price tag expectations are for a player like this. I mean, this is their captain, right? This is their captain who, by all accounts, was extremely disinterested in being a part of what's going on there now. Like he just can see that this is going in the wrong direction. I mean, how mighty they have fallen. I mean, they were the toast of the NHL three years ago. He was the rookie of the year. And now... His stock uh, has fallen. His stock has fallen, but I mean, how far has his stock really fallen in the eyes of other GMs? Like that's the question. I would think apparently, probably not that much. Like I mean, they 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 know this is a miserable situation. Matt Duchesne is not a forty-one point player. Right. But the Avalanche sucked. Like yeah. they were horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so bad. Uh, my hope is that could we maybe get him for not. Logan Couture? Could we get him for Justin Braun, dude? Could we get him for Justin Braun plus? Because you look at what the the Avalanche need. Their D is wretched. It is so bad that could they add a Justin Braun to stabilize that top four and make it considerably better? Um, And you'd have to give more than that. And I don't know what that would be. But, you know, could you somehow keep... Logan Couture and add Gabriel Landeskog somehow. I don't know if that's possible, but I'm throwing it out to the the hockey wilderness dude. Well, that's the other player that we teased earlier in the show. Besides Logan Couture as a trade hockey trade target, which is will we break up Vlasic and Braun and trade Braun? I don't think you can trade Vlasic here. It's it's. It's impossible. I th- I don't think he's he's underrated by other GMs. I think he's probably underrated by the greater hockey community at large. But 
I think putting David Schlemko with uh, Mark Edward Vlasic may not be the worst idea I've ever heard. And if we can get good value for Dresden Braun as what? He's a 31-year-old player now. That might not be a bad move, especially if we want to add some scoring, right? Because like you said, we're, we trade Logan Couture. It's, it's going to be very difficult to replace the 25 goals that he scored. Yeah. Yeah, very difficult. Unless you are hell-bent on signing T.J. Oshie, who is the jewel of the free agent class. Right. So um, there's going to be competition for him. A lot. No question. And the Sharks, you know, have surprised in the last two off-seasons by coming up stronger than they normally do on the free agent market. So maybe the T.J. Oshie quest is all for nothing. But um, the idea that the, this is the right idea, I think, of getting a Landis Cog, of getting a, um, a a changing turning Couture into a draft asset, which the Sharks don't have. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, they have a first and a fourth this year. So a team like the Devils looking to add some more offensive talent, maybe around Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. who would go, okay, well maybe you know this is a different look for us as well. You know, right? Um, they've got. The, did they end up with the number one pick? Uh, mm, yes. The Devils? Didn't they? Devils did? Yeah, I, I think so, I know so, Philly right? got the two. I think the Devils have the number one pick. Okay. So, like, you know, I, I don't know. Dude. Yeah. It, 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 these are all things that I'm sure we'll bandy and debate, you know, several times over the, the next few weeks. You know, several weeks. Yeah. But um, what Kevin Kurz wrote about was saying that there's going to be a lot of action going on um, and maybe Justin Braun is, you know, the player that has the most value of your decor. And if you if you feel confident they're not going to take Paul Martin and you're just going to protect three guys, maybe you protect Dylan and trade Braun right. and dare them to take Schlemko. And maybe they will. The risk is if they do, right. then you just went from seven deep to five. Right. Right, that's right. <laughs> Which is taking your own strength. So and... now Dylan DeMello is playing every night, right. and you don't have a number six. Right, right. So Seminoff is available, I've heard. I, <laughs> uh, what I was looking at is, you know, what teams are clearly going to be able to protect their seven forwards, but they don't even have three D. Yeah, who's to that? protect? You know, and I'm kind of looking through here to see who that team might be. I mean, one team that jumps to mind that we've talked about is the Buffalo Sabres. Like the Buffalo Sabres, let me show you who they could protect here. Tell me who the three people are you want to protect. Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, Rasmus Ristolainen, sure. Zach Bogosian. Yeah. Okay, that's two. Josh Georges. Jake Jake McCabe, you want. Jake McCabe. Yep. He's twenty three. You want you want you want to hold on to him. Mm-hmm. Cody Franzen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm, Cody Franzen, no, dude. No, no, dude. We don't want. Th- I'm talking about who doesn't even have three good ones that you want to protect. Okay, let's look at uh, let's look at the Devils, dude. Okay, look at the Devils. Okay. All right, let's look at the Devils. Andy Green. Eh. He's your he's your captain. I guess thirty four. Ben Lovejoy. <laughs> ben, yeah, ben Lovejoy. Like who's it? Look at their go down to their uh, stats, dude. Yeah. Like, who are their? Oh, oof. Damon okay. Severson. Severson, right? Yeah, he's twenty-two, so they'll hold on to him. John, John Moore. Moore. 
Andy Green. Then we got Kyle Quincy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess they got three. Jacob Josephson. Yeah. I mean, but but Justin Braun is an upgrade clearly. There, yes. Right? Yes. Yes. So maybe you can get Adam Henrique for Justin Braun. They do have Carl Stollery, dude. X Shark. I don't know, dude. I don't know. There's so much. There's so much going on here. There's so much going on, dude. Well, dude, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup Finals, which we're getting to at the end. Because yes. It's more fun to talk about the yes. Sharks forward group than. Yes. The Preds versus the Penguins, the Battle of the Yellows, dude. Yes. Um, what's what's the Vegas line on this? I heard it was, I heard it was uh, Penguins minus one sixty or one sixty five. Is that true? I don't know. I'm gonna look. Check, dude, because that we need to talk about that if that is in fact the case. Well, silence. Silence, dude. I thought you had a bookmark for all the lines. Well, that um, I don't have. Ah, shoot, the odds are in a weird. Dude, I don't have a bookmark right now. I'm okay. looking it up, dude. Well, you you tell me as I'm looking this up here. If I was a, a bookmaker, an odds maker, and clearly I'm the worst there is because I've now lost Vegas five years in a row. But if I were and I pretended that I was good at creating odds, I would probably put. The Preds as a slight favorite. This is a team that swept the number one team in the West, the Chicago Blackhawks. And this is a team that dispatched the Ducks in the, let's see, the Blues in the second round and the Ducks in the third round, uh, both without it going the distance. You know, so they've only, they've only lost four games in the playoffs. Right. And so I, they're going to be more rested and they're going to be less banged up than the Penguins. I would probably put, the Preds at a minus 120, you know, almost a pick scenario. It's minus 155 Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, um, which is dude, surprising. If I was in Vegas, I would not even blink about putting, I might put a couple hundred dollars on the Nashville Predators just because um, I think their decor is so strong. Yep. Uh, they, you know, Vokun, not Vokun, Rene. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> playing out of his mind. And they've had a lot less of a taxing run. That's right. Than Pittsburgh. I mean, the Penguins went to seven games the last two rounds. Crosby appears to be healthy, but I would certainly put his health as somewhat of a question mark. Certainly right. Sheary's been banged up. They've had several guys. You know, Latang is still out. Yeah. Daly in and out. In and out. Guys in Schultz and out. Schultz in and out. Yep. Hornquist coming back. I mean, the only thing is that there's no Johansson, right? Yeah. Which, you know, he is their best forward, right? Yeah. So that hurts. But they've been able to overcome it. They were able to overcome it against Anaheim. Can they overcome it against Pittsburgh, the defending champions? It's going to be tough. Yeah. I I think this will be a very entertaining series. I'm going to go Nashville on six just because I want to see them win it in Nashville, I just think that would be right. so fun to watch. That's been a great story of the playoffs, how into it the Nashville fan base has been. Obviously, that makes the NHL very happy because they want hockey in these non-traditional markets to succeed. Right. It's it's hard to pick against the Penguins. I mean, I think from a betting perspective, it's better to bet on the Preds because it's probably close to a 50-50. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm still going to go... I, I think the fact that the Penguins have played three more games... Than the Predators this playoffs, and they are not all the way healthy. 
I think that the Predators can can go and hurt them in the first couple games, and that could put the Penguins on their heels. Which means, if any of you are in Vegas, you should all bet on Pittsburgh yeah, right now. That is exactly. If Mike true. likes a team, you go the other way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you go the other way. So, run! You run! So you the, run screaming the, to the sports book and bet on the other team. Penguins are going to sweep them now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's crazy to bet against the Stanley Cup champions, but, you know, obviously they're also, they played a lot of games last year, right? They had to go the distance with the Sharks. So, you know, they've played a lot of games the last couple of years. And, uh, but it's hard to pick against Crosby and especially Malkin, who is now the leading scorer in the playoffs. I mean, those are two top end world-class talents to go up against another world-class talent in P.K. Subban. So it's going to be a, it's Who hasn't good. even been their best player on their team. Right. Like, I mean, right. he's more of a role player on this team than he is the face of the team. Right. 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 So, um, it's going to be good. Yeah. Game, one, game one's tonight. I'm definitely watching. Game one is tonight. I'm going, uh, going Preds in six games. I think it's going to go the distance for sure. I think it's going to go seven. Um, nice. And, nice. and the Preds will win in Pittsburgh because. You know, Pittsburgh hasn't won at home since like the seventies or something. Like every every one of their Stanley Cup wins in the past however many years, unfortunately, has not has been on the road. We remember it well. We remember Game Six <laughs> last year. Oh man! But yeah, it's been a it's been a good it's been a good playoff. I mean, this is a very surprising result, right? I mean, would anybody have picked this as a result? No. no. Certainly, Washington. I think everybody thought was going to do well. The Preds were. You know, people thought they were a good team, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to roll through the sh- the Blackhawks the way they did, and then they roll through the Ducks. They be- they knocked off two number one seats, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, this is their year, the year of the Preds. It could be. It could be. All right, dude. So next week, what are we going to talk about? Knitting? Uh, probably. Yeah, we'll be talking about next week. Uh. We could do expand more expansion. We could stuff. do yeah. We could do uh, we could do a mock expansion draft. Too. I don't know. That's too soon. That. Maybe yeah. we do nothing next week. Maybe yeah. We just sit here dead air mm. for yeah. forty. Well, minutes. We, we took two weeks in between. We did. Let's we come did. back after the finals are over. Okay. All right. Let's do that. All right. We'll talk to you dudes later. Out. Bye. Hate the show. Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.